Well, hey, everybody. Welcome into a special episode of Speedway Soccer. I am Ben Wright, and I'm joined by Davey Shepard, and we're thrilled to sit down with U.S. Men's National Team General Manager Brian McBride. Brian, uh, thanks for taking some time with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I like the, uh, like the jersey in the back there, Ben. Oh, yeah, thanks. Got a, got a rotation going on here. Um, so you, you obviously had a, a successful playing career at, at the club and national team level, um, and then recently you've transitioned to a, a general manager role. Could you, could you talk a little bit about what that transition was like and, and what your role is um, under, under Ernie Stewart and, and with Greg Berhalter? Yeah, um, the transition was was pretty long um, in between retiring and then uh, taking up this position. And part of it was, you know, in the beginning, I, I wanted to be able to, to be home on the weekends uh, after retiring and, and being gone, you know, weekend, countless weekends away from my family. Um, it was really nice for me be, to be able to spend time and, and do some coaching of, of uh, my daughter's uh, clubs and activities and um, and still stay a part of it by, by, you know, working with ESPN and Fox during those periods. But as time grew, um, you know, that, that desire to get back into the day-to-day running of, of soccer, um, uh, was there. And so this opportunity came, came about and, um, it's something that, that, uh, I've enjoyed and, and look forward to continue to work and help, uh, U.S. soccer progress. So my, as far as, you know, my, my duties, um, I oversee the men's national team and the youth national teams on the boys' side. Uh, on top of that, there's many other things uh, that are inside U.S. soccer structure, but uh, that's really the, the overall uh, aspect to it. We sat down with Greg Burhalter yesterday, and he said uh, one of the lines that he that he gave was that he was passionate about changing the perception of U.S. soccer around the world. And I assume that is a a thing that you keep close to your heart as well, having played for the team for so long. How do you see your role in that uh, changing the perception? Obviously, Greg's in charge of the results on the field, but but you shaping the rosters, all of that kind of stuff. What do you think about that quote? Yeah, you know, my my part is really more of an an infrastructure side of it and making sure that, you know, what the coaching staff needs, they have. And also, as our youth national team players or as, you know, young soccer players come through, that we're we're able to continue to build um, the pool. And uh, that involves communication with clubs, that involves, you know, making sure that um, our youth national team coaches uh, are are, um, have what they need and, and really make sure that, um, there's this, this, not a chain, but basically a understanding of where our youth can actually step in and and make a difference, uh, eventually for the men's national team. So obviously while you're here, U S playing Canada here just next week, um, what, what is the process like for selecting host cities like that and what and what do you feel nashville brings specific not just for the game but as a, as a base camp um for the qualifiers it's a great question and i think a lot of people think it's as easy as is just saying hey we like that city we like that stadium let's go um there's so much more to it um especially this go around because uh, we'll have three games uh, three matches in a matter of, of just over a week and um you know, travel comes into it, uh, weather, uh, stadiums, the, the training facilities, 
Um, all of that comes into to play when we're, we're making decisions on sites. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's, very, it's a very intricate and detailed decision. And we're really happy that um, it worked out for Nashville to be able to host us and especially host our first home qualifying game, which we all know is, is of huge importance, home, home games are. The team's coming off an incredibly successful summer, uh, beating Mexico in two finals. Um, with kind of more and more players playing at the highest level in Europe, guys getting sold uh, at younger ages from MLS over to Europe, what are the expectations for this upcoming World Cup cycle? Well, you know, we start off at, at qualifying. You know, we have to qualify for the World Cup. That is the expectation. Um, we know it's not an easy uh, an easy thing, and, and we're not taking it for granted by any means. So uh, we'll start there and then build on uh, the possibilities of what can happen at a World Cup. But uh, we definitely are aware of, of some, some difficulties and some pitfalls that, that may lie ahead, and we just have to be prepared for uh, for those situations with with kind of the switch to a, a different format playing three games in in one window instead of two um, just what are the big changes just on a logistics standpoint uh, there, there's been talk about bringing in larger larger groups how does that impact your your role and what are you expecting from the I guess this especially this first window with El Salvador Canada and Honduras it's it's a great question Ben because um, you know, the recovery aspect uh, becomes hugely important. Um, usually, you have you know, players come in either Sunday or Monday um, for uh, a, a period of recovery for you know first two days adaptation. If they're coming from Europe, um, all of that gets heightened. You know, instead of having a game on on Saturday and a game on Tuesday, you know you have a game on Thursday. So when they arrive, uh, whether it's Sunday or Monday or possibly sometimes Tuesday, uh, they might have one or two days of training uh, together. So uh, the importance of, of what we were able to achieve this summer uh, certainly is heightened, but also with the three matches, recovery is, is going to be a huge factor uh, as we prepare the, the players for, for a game and then two days later another game and then two days later another game. Canada comes to town uh, coming up on September 5th, and uh, that team's grown a lot over the last few years, probably the best side they've ever fielded. Talk a little bit about that team and, uh, you know, just the quality that they've been able to develop in their pool, um, you know, just north for so long. It's just been Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. But this Canadian side is the real deal. Yeah, they are, Davey. Um, and, you know, credit to them. They've they've put together not only a strong group of, of, of players that – can perform technically, uh, but you saw the Gold Cup. They, they have an understanding of how they want to play. They press well. Um, you know, they have a, 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 some some individual talent that they haven't had in the past. Alfonso Davies, of course, I think everybody knows how uh, special a player he is and the fact that he can play in many different positions. Um, so, yes, it, it is going to be a difficult game. And um, one, we're, we're excited to, to get going here for qualifying. We'll have El Salvador first, uh, and then uh, an important, very important home match here in Nashville uh, against Canada. So looking down the road, Nashville is still on the short list for a potential host city for the 2026 World Cup. Um, aside from just the soccer aspect of it, Nissan Stadium, training sites, all of that, could you talk about 
what Nashville offers as a city um, and why it's an attractive option potentially for a, a World Cup host site? Yeah, I think my wife probably can can talk more to the, the fun parts of Nashville. I've only been here for work. Um, but certainly, she has uh, she she speaks she speaks very highly of it. Um, but more importantly, I think when when we look at it, and the, one of the reasons we're here is because Nashville is a great sports uh, venue. They they have great fans. We um, have enjoyed our time in the past being here. Now the fact that Nashville SC is really rooted here and you have an MLS club, I think that's going to be another bonus uh, when you look at uh, from from people who are making the decisions, which I'm, I'm not one of uh, those people. But, um, yeah, certainly a lot of positives as, as Nashville uh, puts their bid in for a 2026 site. Uh, Brian, a, a few years ago, Taylor Twelman kind of went – uh, viral, I guess, is the word for a rant he did after the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify for the last World Cup. And uh, the question he kept asking is, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, you know, kind of total overchange since then. The roster looks nothing. Front office looks nothing the same. Coaching staff, very uh, totally different as well. Um, uh, so what is your answer to that question? What are we doing? Obviously, it looks a lot different now than it did four years ago. Well, I, I think that uh, what you're seeing is actually what we were doing, what U.S. soccer was doing during that period. You're seeing um, the, the the players that have come through the youth system that uh, has been put in place. And certainly uh, that has a lot to do with what the DA used to be um, and the structure and the, the, the settings that, that players have been put in at a younger age. Um, but, you know, there's there's still more work ahead for us. We've got to make sure that we have uh, uh, influence in, in younger ages, uh, being able to provide them with, with better experiences, whether that's, you know, better coaches, whether that's uh, an environment that is very much oriented towards preparing younger players for, for tougher competition. But as far as, you know, um, what we're doing and what, what we were doing and this with regards to this group of players that are coming through, I think everybody gets to really see what was happening in the infrastructure of, of, uh, of the youth soccer. Because now we're seeing those players be major factors in the men's national team. Brian, this, this question is pretty similar. Um, but how does, how does MLS fit into that? Obviously, they're developing players, like Davey mentioned, um, selling them to Europe younger. Um, but how, how do they continue developing talent that can be integrated into the U.S. youth national teams and then eventually the men's national team. Yeah, I think it's it's very important. Uh, we, I touched on environments. So, you know, players that have the ability at a young age to train with professionals, um, you know, being a 15, 16-year-old and, and being asked to, to cover or fill in uh, and train with a professional team is something we didn't have in, uh, before. And those are the things you see in Europe all the time. So that young player will then go back to the, his team and understand what it takes to train and practice at the level of professional is and hopefully bring that 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 somewhat professional uh, aspect to younger trainings. And that's how you gain this this understanding of what is expected of you as a player um, and the experience uh, that players need to be able to be pushed and 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 um, go up levels uh, quickly. 
On the way out the door, uh, we're lucky enough in Nashville to see Walker Zimmerman kind of week in, week out. He captained a few games in the Gold Cup before his injury. Um, you know, so many times we hear fans talk about, oh, well, well, that guy's playing in Portugal. He must be better. Oh, or he's in Belgium. He must be better. Uh, Walker is up there in the pool as one of the best center backs that, that we see kind of any time uh, a U.S. shirt is put on. Why don't you talk just a bit about the idea of leagues, you know, hierarchies, all of that stuff, and, and why MLS really does have a role just in the product on the field? Um, yeah, I mean, first, let me, you know, I can touch on Walker. He's, you know, he's definitely a, a large part of our group. He's he's a leader in our group. Um, and you can see that with Nashville. He, he tends to, to take over games when, when it's needed. So, um, you know, certainly Nashville's lucky to have him. And uh, with regards to, to our group and, and then talking about players, whether it's right for them to go to Europe or not, I think it, it's everybody's, you know, where they are individually. And um, we feel and know that MLS is definitely a, a large part of uh, the reason players get the opportunity to go overseas, but also sometimes players don't necessarily want to go. And as much as... Um, you know, we talk about leagues that are better and, and so on and so forth. It really is about making sure that as a player, you are pushed and you are challenged. And so um, that that to me is more of the conversation than, than um, one's better than the other. Brian McBride has been the guest, general manager of the U.S. men's national team. Brian, we're super appreciative of your time, and uh, we look forward, just like everybody, to this game coming up on September 5th at Nissan Stadium. Right on. Let's the, look forward to seeing you guys out there and seeing a lot of fans uh, supporting the U.S. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you.